0: Good morning and welcome to The Aged Age, Stage, a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians, made possible by The Village Baxter, The Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brodie Guzay. How are you, Brody? Look, I'm all right. Mm. I do have to
1: say I'm all right. Mm. It's been, a, been an interesting week. It has, hasn't it? Has. it? Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm a bit that way too. Yeah. Mm. But we have on the program today, we have Brett Sutton from the Department of Health and Human Services, and he's going to be talking about vaccinations,
1: which is interesting. It's very pertinent because that's been on the news, uh, well, it's been on television at least uh, during the course of this week, mm. and it, it was also a question that I wanted to ask him because I couldn't get any advice from people in uh, mm. community care, mm-hmm. was, the question was, if you are a grandparent... What should you revisit, if anything, in terms of inoculations when grandchildren come along?
0: I do know the answer to that, but I'll hold. Them. Oh, mm. oh,
1: jolly good. Mm. Well, I didn't, because I've had <laughs> nothing done. And, and, and probably more, more full me in the basis that, my, you know, it didn't occur to me until... It's obviously now clearly too late. Mm. So anyway, we'll look into that. That'll be great fun.
0: Yes, and we also have Wendy Shields, and she's program director and volunteer coordinator of Beyond Words, and she's going to be uh, talking to us about some um, people's stories.
1: Yes, I think she rec- either records family histories or they or or turns them into books and things, mm. something mm. like that, doesn't it? Yes, which is a, a thing that I've always believed in. I've I've always been passionate about the idea that. Uh, We should, in fact, at the station here, we should have a whole series of questions that you just sit there and read on your computer and just answer them Mm. and uh, waffle away for as long as you care to waffle and then store it for prosperity because I know that I always said that I've missed... I, I wish my father had done it because it would have been a very interesting tale. In fact, yes. it would have been interesting for both of them. Yeah. Um, well, everyone has a story. They do. To tell. They do. And yeah. it's, uh, and, unfo- and we have the ability to record it now, so let's, mm. let's get it done, which is, you know, really the, 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 if you're going to have, leave a, have a legacy, at least leave the family history. Mm. Yeah. And on to about family history. It <clears> means we should sort of, um, play the most important piece of music. Well, I will say, I don't think I've got high with either of our two guests <laughs> in, in any um, uh, form at all.
0: No, and today we have Kim Jackson, uh, Executive Manager from the Village Baxter. Welcome, Kim.
2: Thank you very much.
0: And the effervescent Peter Nilsson from uh-huh. the Village Glen. Uh,
3: and I've got some great stories. So. Have you? Why don't we d- don't do this? You just talk about my stories. Oh, that, well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, well, here's the question:
1: have, have you put down your family history for your grandchildren?
3: No, but I have done my father's.
1: Oh, that's right. You did. You had yes. a book mm. done. Didn't you? I did. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, maybe you should consider that uh, doing doing that. I agree. Mm. Well, even if you sit down, and do that mm. chat. Yes. Even if you do. Yes. That. Mm. Mm. Right. Yes. Now we're working through the great oracle.
0: We are, it is an oracle, isn't
1: it? Well, it has yeah, been, it but has it's been. been absolutely vital to fascinating uh, the, the whole uh, senior citizen process what happens at our time of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've covered off in the past, we've covered off uh, living longer, living better, yes, and how that's important. The government support, how do we qualify for support? Mm-hmm. Um, various home care uh, packages uh, what residential care actually means Mm. Uh, and we sort of finished off last week I think with how does uh, a person qualify for government support
0: that's right that's where we did leave it that's where we left it Mm -hmm. so
1: we've got a few topics still to go
0: we have and I think um, the next one is the management team in our retirement village so how does that tell us about that
3: well um, that's a topic that's dear to my heart to tell you the truth. Why is that? It's um, at a high level we talk about brands, Mm -hmm. business brands of business Mm -hmm. and uh, in our sector uh, in my 25 years uh, we've gone from a bit of a cottage industry where there were villages owned by individuals or families or maybe one or two villages um, and lots of them And now we have uh, a a rather last 10 or so years, Kim, a major consolidation of those businesses being bought out by listed property companies Mm -hmm. like Lendlease and Stockland Mm and Aveo.
2: Big change in the industry. Big
3: change in the industry. Um, I've always been of the view, um, the brands are important, but the village manager and his team or her team is a brand in its own right and I've always been of the view that our prospects people who are thinking about their retirement living options options um want to know all about that team because Absolutely. at the end of the day it's not about head office mm. it's not about the the corporate side of things what it is about is who's managing this village and what are they going to do for me
0: Mm, that's right,
3: and I think that's so important. And I think it gets lost, Kim, yeah. in the noise a bit around advertising and marketing. Yes, lots of people advertise that they are a big brand and they have, therefore, they have the the financial wherewithal to solve all problems. Mm. But they don't focus down at the grassroots level of living in the village. Mm. And what I see in the village Glen, and I'm sure Kim sees mm. at the village Baxter. People love the fact that they come to see us and they deal with the people who manage the village, day in day out. Yes, and
0: I guess that mm. Chaz Jacobson is your brand, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but he, but he's very much on the on the ground, isn't he? Yes. You know, when you yeah. hear his story, and yeah. um, you know, and people can and have Chaz's like, daughter and, and yeah, myself and, yes. and Kim's yep. yeah
3: uh, Stuart is a very public face within the village, back, as mm. is Kim and her mm. team. Mm. So th- those those are the people who can make a difference to your life. Yes. Um, and look, I'm not saying for one minute that it's not important that the big overriding brand is well-managed, well-run, et cetera. but when you drill right down, the important thing is on the ground, in the village, the day-to-day.
2: Mm. And, and it's the day-to-day that? trust that builds yeah. up mm. where, you know, if mum's forgetting to get her mail... It's the village manager or the hostess that notices that and tends to let people know and develops a real close relationship with the residents and Mm. can pick up little changes that people otherwise wouldn't see. And there's a real trust and real friendship and bond that happens between residents and the village management. So
0: is what you're saying that that if you're not a village that comes under the banner of a big brand, that... Um, or if you if you are yeah. sorry if you are a village that comes under the banner of a big brand that you don 't have that
2: individual contact, there is no village manager. It'd have to no be. no not no, saying there that there is yeah. there are some excellent village managers yeah. that work for some of the big listed companies. Yeah. But what we're saying is you need to look beyond the beautiful letterheads, the hypes, and the ads, yes. and find out yes. who is it that's in the office yeah, that's right. at the place where I'm yeah, looking to exactly. move into, and, yeah. and are they personable and are they there, mm.
3: and, and are they empowered? That's yes. right. Yes, and that's that's yeah. a very important word in my view. Mm. Uh, can they make a difference, or do they have to ask someone else who's remote? To answer your question. Yeah. And, and clearly management in villages mm. gets plenty of questions Absolutely. about a myriad of subjects mm. and topics not necessarily anything to do with the
1: village.
0: Yes, not only from the residents but also the family. The families. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
1: Don't you run the risk of getting close to your village members? Isn't that a risk for the carers and, and manager, management? I mean, it... it you, it's a, a very big family yeah. that you could end up sort of emotionally adopting.
3: Yeah. There's a, oh. there's the P yeah. word comes in here, bro. Right? Professional.
1: Yes. professional. Professional, yeah. yeah. Got to keep, it's it's yeah.
3: a bit like the same question could be asked of nurses or doctors. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You need to have that balance of knowing where the line is mm. yeah. and remain professional. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's the same for counsellors. You it, have to yeah. there's yeah.
2: a boundary that you do not yeah. cross. Yeah.
0: You can't allow yourself to, otherwise mm. you get drawn no. in emotionally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. It doesn't stop us from time to time yeah. having a good ball when one of our favourites passes away. Oh yeah. That's but right. um yeah, yeah, there is a professional boundary and at the yeah. end mm. of the day we remind ourselves it mm. is someone else's parents we're caring for. That's we can right. give as much professional support as we can. But yeah. yeah. Mm. Or in my case, it is my dad because he lives in my village. Oh, does he? Does he? He does. Yes, and my daughter works on reception. It is very family. Oh. <laughs> it's incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart's uncle's there, and his mother used to be oh, there. Really? It is just that kind of place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's probably it what makes nepotism. it work. It works so well. Yeah, that's it right. does. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, I would think. Reversed. How good is that, that yeah. yeah. they can?
0: Yes.
2: Absolutely. Or would I want to. Would, or want would want to. Want to. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's a good example, yeah, isn't is it? It is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of villages like that that mm. have connections between mm. residents and mm. families, and professional ones, yeah. but still, you know, it says a lot if yeah. you're happy to hand the care of your family yeah. over. So and, it, and really,
3: if you want to talk sales mm, and marketing, yeah. Yeah. that very point Kim's just made Most of the sales of the Village Baxter and most of the sales of the Village Glen are by referrals, Mm, families and residents. We -hmm. don't spend a lot of money on advertising um, because we don't need to. It's Clearly, we we do advertise. Mm -hmm. Clearly, Village Baxter does. But on balance, most of your leads come from your residents or their families
2: we're getting second generation residents in now where we've had their parents go through and now we've got you know Mm -hmm. the children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: so what better endorsement of what kim does Mm. than that really
2: and
0: is it like a school where you know if, if you've had an if you've had a mother that's in there and and you're the daughter an elderly daughter that wants to come in you know that
2: you get a a foot in the door because mother's already there. No, no? not for village backs. Do we have a waiting list? Yeah, and we make sure that we adhere to the spirit of the waiting list. Mm-hmm. That you know, whoever's been on the waiting list the longest gets offered the units. Mm. And yes. yeah, we don't. As much as we wish we could, sometimes we yeah. don't play favourites because mm. I do have a belief that what you do for one, mm. I've got yes. to be able to do for two hundred and eighty-five. Yes. I
3: think Kim's right. The integrity of the waiting list is paramount. It Absolutely. Is. If you if you lose its integrity, the world falls apart. Mm. That's right. So People understand that, and they and they appreciate that. Yeah, they okay. do, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm.
2: because traditionally one tells ten. That's yeah, absolutely. And mm. one thing in a retirement village, nothing goes untalked about. <laughs> if you do something that's out of the norm,
3: the rumour mill is alive and well. Yes,
2: I'm yes. sure it is. <laughs> Our cafe was called the Grapevine for a reason, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nice cafe too. It the is. ladies are lovely
0: mm. there. Okay, let's have a look at. Um, what is independence is our next...
1: The definition of yeah, independence. Yeah. In this context. What, what, how what how does it, it, how does that work?
2: It used to be really easy. It used to be, if you were independent, you could stay at home, you did your own cooking, cleaning, washing, that was independent. When you couldn't manage those things anymore, you moved into a hostel. And then when you couldn't actually go to the bathroom and you needed help to do more, you moved into a nursing home. And it, those boundaries used to be beautifully clear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now They're it's not there you see. No, because community care has blurred that and I think now that what we talk about is interdependence. You can still stay at home but you're dependent on lots of other services like community care, sometimes it's your family, sometimes it's veterans affairs, um sometimes it's light and easy meals being delivered and the lines between what is, you know, traditionally at home or in care is really quite blurred and quite, you can sit anywhere on that spectrum and still call yourself independent. Mm.
3: Yeah, I, I personally think independence, uh, is not on managing, which people say. Yeah. Independence is about, in my view, always making the right decisions for yourself so that others don't have to make them. Mm. Being aware of your circumstances and mm-hmm. what, and that's our role as manager in the village is to talk to our residents who are on the cusp and reinforce in their minds that it's all about choice, but they need to make the right choices because if they don't, others will make it for them and and then there's bad outcomes. So it's very important in life Mm. to make your own choices, being aware of the alternatives and and sharing and, and, and engaging with other people to get the right decision. So the right well, choices is, is independence. I think yeah. communication yeah. and making the right choice, except for people with cognitive impairment. Well, yes. well, I was going to yeah.
1: ask: Do you think we should all, at the age of say sixty, take uh, an Alzheimer or the equivalent to test? Do you think that, like a mini mental? Well, you know, well, 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 well
0: cognitive, cognitive. It.
1: Yeah. I think there is actually a biological. There is. There's it's lots coming up. That, that there's a new chemist, you know, Mm. a new uh, blood Mm. test that you can check to see whether you're heading in that direction.
2: You can. The thing with Alzheimer's and dementia is there's no standard, this is how you're going to forget and this is the process that Mm. you will follow. Because some people can have what you call a frontal lobe dementia, which is where you sort of lose your filter and start to do some funny, possibly inappropriate things. mm. Personality things. Other people begin to lose their short-term memories, but they're still quite able to drive because it's a long-term memory. Yeah. so it's not quite as simple to say that you know once you tip onto that alzheimers you can't do anything no but yeah. if
1: you know that you are going to get alzheimers at a point where you don't have it or mm. you you if you do it at a very low level then you going back to your situation you mm. are then in a position at that time mm. to start to plan accordingly yeah and yeah. so you can say I need someone to tell me when I'm starting to do things that are a bit peculiar. Absolutely. For example. And then when they say, mm. um, you're doing things a bit peculiar and I don't get it, uh you then have the authority to be able to do what mm. you you know you think is best. Because the that's the you're right, I think that interdependence is is true. And unlike a village, for me, if I was at a village I'd have a much greater sense of security that that mm. was likely to come, rather than it turning up on my doorstep, you know, be it a cleaner or a you know mm. a gardener or anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, there tends to be, I suggest, more of a rhythm in a village than there is in forty-seven Blackland Avenue. Mm. Um, and I apologise to anyone who happens to live there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but in in, uh, in in the sense that uh, we. Uh, and at and, and village, there is that level of continuity. So it, that inter-reli- inter-reliance is what people would like to have.
3: And there are staff who you can defer to. Y- yes. It's yes. 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 so important. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. the nurse on call or... Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. If you funny enough, the gardeners trust- are a, a great source of information. absolutely. Yeah. The gardeners <laughs> yes.
2: spend so much time with residents, mm. yeah. and will let you know when things aren't quite right, and even just talking and yeah. so um, that's wonderful though. Really, addressing the loneliness. It, you know? mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. Mm. yeah. I th- really I, I can understand, and it, and it is that trust thing. I mean, if you mm. if I if you were at home, and your cleaner was coming. You don't necessarily know that it's going to be Mavis. It just could be Svetlana, or yep. or anybody could turn up because they're on a roster and a, and a structure. So, mm. uh, whereas at a village you would probably know that it's going to be a Betty, or yes, you know, and if it wasn't going to be Betty, then it was somebody that George knew. In any case, that so was all right. Yeah. You know? So I think uh, I, I I think the home dependence thing has not. Is, is not the comfort level that I think it gets beaten up to be for as me say, personally. Yeah. But managing it's is, managing,
3: not, no. is managing not being independent. No, no. it's not. No. No, no, no. Um, and and I, we know of people who yeah. are not managing but believe they are. Yes, mm, just getting by. Just getting mm. by. And we know that there could be much better outcomes should they just let mm. people assist them.
2: Or had they made the choices a little bit earlier? Yeah. And so what do you do?
0: Do you sit down and have that conversation with them? Like, you know, uh, you know, if you're seeing that they need assistance. Yeah, yes. you have
2: the the delicate conversations with someone to suggest that you know perhaps there's these services that could help you, mm. and sometimes people will resist to the point where they're not actually able to make choices anymore, and then mm. you need to have conversations with, with family, family, or in yeah. worst case scenario, when there is no family, you actually mm. get the guardianship board involved, mm. um, and have someone appointed to make decisions for that can them. make them appropriately and safely for yeah. them. Mm. Oh,
1: that's a, an interesting idea. Is that uh, used often
2: It's a last resort um, where either there's a feuding family and no one can make a decision or when there literally is no family Right. Um and it yeah it's very much a last resort. Is that
0: rare or is it a com- you know is it
2: more common than not or is
0: is it very rare? In
2: 17 years at the village I've had 3 people that have had guardianship orders. Okay. Um It's rare. Yeah. Rare. It is yep. it's rare. Mm. Um but that being said for us it's rare. There's other services um for example Winteringham it's probably a lot more com- common for them because they tend to cater for people who are homeless or disadvantaged mm. and um, mm.
1: That's that's the yeah. thing we tend to forget, isn't it? There is a there is a, str- a social strata uh, within villages by mm. def- by by where they are. Yeah, you know they they they're not they're not all egalitarian. They, mm. they are, and, and you, as you mm. you said before, there's places in in Brighton where you you know you mm. can order caviar and whatever else it is, the mm. other bits and pieces that you want. Funny fun yeah.
3: enough, I, I have a view that our clients, being residents of our villages. Uh, and I said this before. What oh, I call the planners—they're mm. the people who think about they're the future. About it. Absolutely. Mm. So they're much easier. Yeah, mm.
2: Mm. they're the ones that come in with their powers of attorney, yeah. or yep. they've already appointed someone when they can't yeah. make decisions. Yeah. So they're
0: aware
3: of the process.
0: Yep. Yeah, and
3: they're planning their future. Yes, because mm. they want to stay independent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they don't want to be reactors where something goes mm. wrong. They, my goodness, what do I do now? Mm. The reactors make bad decisions. The planners typically make very good decisions. Mm. In well, it's like
0: that old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. Which brings us to the last one, which is yes. there is an absolutely no substitute to family, of course. Do you find yourselves that you end up being surrogate family? I mean, in other words, do the kids say, ah, oh, well, they're being well and truly looked after, we don't have to bother much? Is that a...
2: Sometimes. I find it more the driving is a really good example where the kids will come to me and say, Mum shouldn't be driving, but none of us want to tell her. Can you please? Oh,
1: <laughs> oh nice. And really? that
2: will often fall to the village to have the conversation about, you know, we don't really think you're safe driving. And if it gets to the point where no one will tell them, we actually involve the doctor and Vic Roads. But some of those awkward conversations or mum needs care and none of us want to tell her. Um but We're, it gets
3: back to that trust word you used before. It does. Yeah, I, I, I have those conversations as well, and bec- because I'm in a position of authority um, and trusted to hold that, mm-hmm. people will listen to you. Whereas families are too close. Yeah, yeah, there, they are. That's involved. right. Yeah, you could, mm-hmm. they're
0: looking at you objectively, so yes. you're outside of the emotion. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah. in
3: my experience, families can have siblings can have different views mm. and then that causes real sorts of drama so mm. yeah families are they are so important we we always when we are dealing difficult situations have family conferences with with our residents so no one speaks out of turn and and the residents are always there with their families because mm. we reinforce that the, at the end of the day the family is the most important part mm. of the support that they can provide absolutely Uh, Yeah, so families are... There is no substitute for Mm -hmm. family support. um, And on those occasions where there is no family... In lots of ways, we become their family, don't we? We Jim? do. Yeah, mm. we I become. Can imagine that.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, almost like a Google for families and residents too. they will be like, "Where do I find this? Or how do I do that? Or mm. you know, Mum can't lift her shoulder up anymore. Where can she get tops mm. where she can actually put them on and get pedal back yes. clothing? Or Dad needs a scooter, and yeah. where do we buy them from? And they trust us to make good Steer recommendations them in the right direction. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. That's a that's a heady responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. It I mean, that, that's that's beyond, I would have thought, that's beyond the the standard call of duty expected. Yeah,
2: it is, but it's just part of being in part a village that you have this mm. service um, for residents that so if we can be of assistance and make recommendations, we will, or at least put you in touch with someone that can help.
1: Sounds like I've got to put one on the list. What's your waiting list, time?
2: Uh <laughs> We have 285 people on our waiting list. If oh you want gosh. a two-bedroom oh. plus one unit, you're looking at about eight to ten years. Oh, dear. (laughs) That's the next time. It is. If you're looking for a two-bedroom unit without a garage, I could probably get you in in about six to 12 months. In
1: 10 years, I wouldn't need a garage.
3: But they're (laughs) the planners. They're the 60-year-olds and 65-year-olds who are thinking about when they're 75, and lo and behold, it rolls around and they get what they want. Yes.
2: Oh, dear. I think I've
1: missed the boat. Well there you go. Never. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's been a terrific series that, number of questions, and, uh, it's been super to have you in. I, Thank I, you. I, 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 we wish we'd come in more often, you sort mm-hmm. of, you, you, you. Yeah. you a half
0: an hour goes too quick. Well it, it does. does, it yeah. does,
1: and, um, and, uh, albeit that, um, you know, you're here infrequently. the The, the conversation, the addition that you bring to the conversation, is absolutely second to none. So we'll miss you. Thank you. And we'll look forward to getting you back.
2: I won't be gone too long. Can, can we, we do it? a
3: plug for our open day again? Yes, you can. You can. It's on March the seventeenth, Kim, isn't it?
2: It is. Village is open from nine till yep. one. Entrance six.
3: Yep. And now what we've done, we've actually got a website that people can go to. And it is. PeninsulaOpenday.com.au If you go to that website, you will see a map. And on that map is the villages that are open. At the bottom of the page is, it lists them. And if you click on that, it will take you to the villages website. So it's a very useful resource. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. PeninsulaOpenday. Ope- Day, all one word. PeninsulaOpenday.com.au Is
1: that an AR or an A? A right, peninsula. just checking because yep. people, people yep. do put R's on it. Yes, <laughs> <do>. Peninsula, no <laughs> R in <laughs> peninsula, and yes, um, it's all one word. Yep, terrific.
3: Seventeenth of March, Saturday
1: the seventeenth of March. Yep. All day.
3: All day. Mm-hmm.
1: Brilliant. Yep. Be there. Thank you so much for coming in. We will see you. you all again soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye for you. Now.
0: And welcome back to the Age Stage. And now we have a, a guest. Um, from the uh, who's Deputy Chief Health Officer, uh, Brett Sutton, from the Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. And so, Brett, you're going to be talking to us today about vaccinations, which is very interesting um, for the old and as well as the young. Um, and and uh, I've had an uh, incident with that myself of recent um, times. I had a, a grandson born three weeks ago. And before he was born, I was told that I needed to have um, my whooping cough injection. Yeah. Um, and um, that came as a complete surprise to me because I've had three other grandchildren and that wasn't the case. But apparently there was some sort of a spike in whooping cough. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
4: Sure. So I guess whooping cough is always with us um, and we have low levels of it uh, right through the year, but it does... Um, peak or spike or have little epidemics every three to five years Um, and part of the uh, program in Victoria was to um, protect uh, newborn babies who are most vulnerable through that um, spike and the idea was that if we can get good immunity for those um, who are looking after newborn bubs or who might be uh, in close contact with them, then that provides additional protection. So the whooping cough um, parent and and other carer program um was uh called the cocooning program and uh it, it it provides that cocoon of safety around newborn babies by having uh grandparents parents um protected against whooping cough as well um since that time there's there's been evidence that pregnant women can also get immunized against whooping cough yes. um, during pregnancy and that's that's really key in protecting newborns, but there'll still be additional protection by having those in close contact also um, immune.
1: Yes. Brett, are there any, any ones that, that as a, parent, a grandparent, do, would any of the ones that i had as a child have worn out and therefore um, I can pass, like, chickenpox or something?
4: Yes, yeah, so every, every virus, every bacteria is different in, in that regard, um, and whooping cough does provide some protection, Um, if you get it naturally, uh, and it provides it for some years, but it's not a lifelong protection and it doesn't stay um, as, you know, the immunity isn't as strong and as deep um, right through your life. It certainly will protect you for some years, uh, Mm. even a couple of decades after getting a um, natural infection and certainly um, for some years after getting immunised, but it's not not lifetime, and and that's why these boosters um, into... Um, your lady, adult years are important.
0: Yeah, so I was actually, my, my daughter who just had the baby three weeks ago, she actually had whooping cough when she was four years old and gave it to me. Yeah. So we'd both had it, but she still had the injection and I still had to have the booster. So, and I was told in no uncertain terms that it doesn't protect you forever.
4: When yeah, I that's really right. And, on. and you're going to get that additional protection and, and there's no harm in that. Um, mm. so you know, the the danger with whooping cough for newborns is that if they get it, especially in the first six months of life, it's a very serious illness and oh, can lead to intensive a, care and, and, yes. and babies mm. have died from it, obviously.
1: Yes, it's
4: terrible. Is there a
1: cocktail then that you would suggest every grandparent should consider?
4: Um, uh, the, the main ones um, obviously for um, grandparents are um, your flu vaccine every year, so that's available for over 65 mm-hmm. and um, uh, hot off the press, there's uh, a couple of new super vaccines or, um, you know, extra dose and um, higher strength vaccines available uh, for this upcoming flu season. Um, the pneumococcal vaccine that protects against pneumococcal pneumonia, uh, which can, you know, often follow a, a flu illness as well, um, is another important one. And shingles vaccine is an important one because shingles is... Um, the chickenpox virus yeah, so yeah. if you've had chickenpox as a child it stays dormant in your body for life um, and then especially into old age um, can be reactivated and it causes a different kind of illness um, but shingles for you know some of your listeners they'll be all too familiar with it mm. um, on the face or down a particular nerve uh, on the trunk uh, comes out with pain initially and then followed by scabs uh, and, and blisters and it's a an awful and debilitating illness, and so the shingles vaccine um, is to try and keep that uh, virus suppressed in the body so that it doesn't come out um, as as shingles disease. The, uh,
1: in this last season, last year, other uh, uh, a uh, post flu, there was a number of people here at the station who contracted the pneumonia. The, the flu turned into pneumonia. Uh, was that a was that his, historically an unusual event?
4: No, not really. And, and, you know, going back to, um, over a hundred years ago in the Spanish flu of 1917, um, most people died, and this is in the, you know, era before antibiotics, most people died from bacterial pneumonia and not from the flu virus itself. Um, and so the danger with flu, um, viruses is firstly from the, the virus itself, but, um, quite importantly it is the, uh, pneumonia that can follow. And so, uh, pneumococcal vaccine protects against one of the main causes of pneumonia that can follow flu, um, but it doesn't cover all potential types of pneumonia. And I guess if you've got um, confirmed flu, uh, you're not getting better, um, you know, if ongoing fevers, increasing shortness of breath or chest pain, um, then it's important to check in with your GP um, or emergency department and, and it might be diagnosed on a chest X-ray or listening to your chest uh, that you do have an pneumonia and you need antibiotics. Mm. It's a
1: it, it, it it's an old wives' tale that inoculations for flu is uh, a process of giving you flu, isn't it?
4: Yeah, of a kind, yes. So it's a it's a killed vaccine. It's not going to give you a flu um, virus infection, um, but you do get a few you know symptoms that are akin to flu. You get soreness where you uh, receive the vaccine. You can get a low grade fever and you can get muscle aches and pains. Uh, more generally. So it is prompting the immune system um, to respond as if you've been uh, exposed to a, a flu virus because um, you have, you've been exposed to the killed flu virus. And um, and that's the whole basis for protection from vaccination.
0: Mm. Would you say, Brett, uh, as Brody was just saying, quite a few of the, you know, members of the radio station here had that virus last year. Would you say that uh, a work in place environment like a radio station where we're sharing microphones and things like that is a breeding ground?
4: So potentially it,
0: passing, it, passing it on?
4: Yes, it, it, it's true of um, many, many places, certainly all workplaces now um, have you know, decent concentrations of people in close contact. So it's a lesson to um, not be at work if you're unwell. That's certainly mm. the case. Um, that, that could be hard with all of the work pressures and, and obligations that uh, we're faced with. But it is important because if you knock out half of your workforce, um, it does nobody any favours. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, there are obviously lots of other settings where transmission can occur, so schools and, and public transport um uh also you know important places where transmission can occur and it's you know difficult to protect yourself by having what we call social distancing everyone's crammed in together mm. and so that you know that makes vaccination really important and it makes it important for you to um stay at home if you're unwell and coughing and blustering all over the place
1: mm. so just to to confirm then if I was a, a new grandparent I would have whooping cough I would have flu because you don't want to give flu to the little one. Uh, I'd have shingles because it is a hybrid of chickenpox. And that would be all that I would need to not be a problem to my grandchild. Is that, is that it? I don't need polio or, or, you know, whatever, mumps or measles or.
4: No, so, um, measles, mumps and rubella, we're, we're really happy that if people, um, were born before 1965, um, that they'll be immune to those by virtue of, um, being exposed to that in the, in the pre-vaccine era. Yep. Um, uh, you know, polio the same for, for kids coming through now. They obviously get it, um, to protect them, but there, there would have been natural immunity for many, many people, um, before the polio vaccine was developed. Um, you know, only one in 200 would have got clinical polio, but, uh, the other 199 of 200, um, would have developed immunity, um, without the, without the disease oh, wow. okay. symptoms. Yeah. So a lot of people got exposed to polio, you know, uh, in the pre-vaccine era. Um, tetanus is, is worthwhile to make sure that you've had a booster at, um, 10 yearly, uh, intervals because mm-hmm. it, it's another vaccine that wanes over time. And even though it's a rare disease, um, we still get occasional cases and they're mostly in elderly people who might be gardening and get a, um, uh, a rose thorn uh, and that introduces the, the tetanus bug that sits in soil all the time. Um, and so it's one of those diseases that you have to have immunity right through your life to be protected because it's in the environmental organism.
0: Right. Um,
4: and, I, and I think we forgot pneumococcal there as, a, as an annual vaccine to get as well.
0: Wow. Okay then. Alright, well thank you for talking to us today Brett. It's been really interesting and, and perhaps we can talk again sometime because there's a lot more to discuss this Well we were going sense. to talk
1: about heat which is one of the issues. <laughs> but uh, we, we sort of, we've, we, we hope, we think, we've passed that barrier within the amount of luck.
4: Yes, we're heading to
1: autumn now. Yes it yeah, is. Yeah we hope
4: so because those, those uh, very hot days um, can be really oppressive. Yes. Well
1: maybe next year we'll talk early in the piece. Mm-hmm. That'd be terrific. And yes. if we uh, if we get hear of a of a a, a a scare that's out there, then we'll call call upon your expertise again. Please feel free. All terrific. Right. Thanks,
0: Brett. Thank you Thanks, for joining bye. us today.
1: No problem. Bye. Uh,
0: my name is Paula Dunn, and I'm here today with Brody Gazey, and we have a really interesting guest coming up, Brody.
1: We do. Someone who's actually uh, very close to my digital heart. Really? Mm.
0: Okay. So, welcome, Wendy Shields, program director and volunteer coordinator at Be- of Beyond Words. Welcome, Thank Wendy. You, Paula. Thank you. So, tell me what Beyond Words is about.
5: Beyond Words is a not-for-profit organisation, small, um, and we offer people who are living in residential aged care facilities the opportunity to. Write their life stories, their biography.
0: Oh, what a wonderful idea!
5: It is. It's wonderful. It's Absolutely amazing.
0: And do do many of them take take up that opportunity?
5: Yes, they do. We're limited by funds, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, all our biographers are, are volunteers, mm-hmm. which is absolutely wonderful. So it's a twofold. Giving situation really, we're giving opportunity for people who would like to volunteer and really make a difference. Um, and do you as well as need
0: specific training, Wendy, to do that?
5: Yes, or? yes you do. We have quite a rigorous um, application and interview process, um, and then everybody that's accepted um, has to do six full days of training with us. We have a have a training program, um, and. Not everybody gets through, but most do. We try to have two trainings a year, so we've currently got 41 biographers working with it.
1: Wow. Do you have to pay Mm. to do the course?
5: No. It's free. Yep, it's free,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Now, do you... This is not... a. course, I assume.
5: No. Uh, so
1: yes. <laughs> you don't sit there taking shorthand. shorthand. <laughs> no. no. Um, no. So so the you... way,
5: way it works actually is once uh, uh, somebody is accepted into the program, a client we call the client then, who is a resident at an aged care facility, we um, organise for a biographer to visit them and make sure they get on all right. And then the biographer visits once a week for an hour, same day, same time, for as long as it takes to get the biography written. The average is about seven weeks, but wow. it can be up to 10 or 11. Sometimes it finishes after four. And it's, um, it's recorded on a small digital recorder, no obvious microphones or cords involved. And in fact, the, both the biographer and the person writing their biography forget it's even in the room after a few minutes. So the training's involved in technical stuff How to use that, which isn't all that hard Um, And the training also involves listening Learning how to listen How to ask the open question Mm -hmm. How to prompt if the person runs dry But also what's really important And a very integral part of the training Is how is the biographer going to react emotionally If they hear something that affects them Yes, that's true Woken up something So mm-hmm. we do a fair amount of role playing We have input through Beyond Blue We have it through a migrant resource centre Comes and talks about what might be The sort of things that we could come across With people who were not born in Australia mm-hmm. so, And then there's the technical side So after that hour The biographer uh, transcribes you know, Transfers that recording into the into their computer And prints it out word for word
4: wow. Next
5: is this they read that out, uh, off the hard copy to the, to the resident. And that's their opportunity to say, oh gee, I'm glad I got it off the chest, but you better not put it in the book. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you get a few of those. Yeah. You know, people that just want to have a vent.
0: Um, how do you choose, Wendy, who, who gets to tell their story and who doesn't? You know, if you've got we a... Large range,
5: yes. Quite often um, a family member will have heard about a son or daughter and say they've heard about the program, would their parents be eligible and we can work from there. But mainly we have a relationship with about 30 aged care facilities at this stage in and around Melbourne mm-hmm. and the lifestyle coordinator there is the person that usually identifies somebody for us because it, it needs to be a pleasurable exercise for yes. them it needs to be not stressful but they need to have the ability to recall without becoming stressed yes. And this could be an issue for some people because a, a lot of people who are in the age group that are, are in age care these days um may have some short-term memory loss or indeed some dementia mm. so
1: um, they, do they pay do the do the does the person whose biography is being done? Do they pay for the service, or is that nobody pay?
5: No there one are pays no at costs all. Involved. Wow.
1: That is a that is an extraordinary gift.
5: That's amazing. It's an amazing gift. So it's the
0: absolutely. the process, Wendy, is so the biographer goes and meets with the person um, who's yep. going to tell their story, and mm-hmm. then then that person, the biographer, goes away and transcribes it. Yep. Does the biographer edit it? No, the the nothing is edited? Biographer
5: Not at that stage. The okay. biographer takes down everything word for word for as many sessions as it takes to till a person feels that they've done enough. Or well, yep. the biographer might realise done enough. Yep. <clears throat> then there's about a two or three week um, span where the biographer will then put it into chronological order because people don't speak and recall chronologically. Yes. One of the interesting things is we do all of these sessions in the residence bedroom with the door shut without anybody else around because what they've brought to the aged care facility with them is usually things that are pretty precious mm. because they've reduced from a larger living area to one room as a rule yes. so the things that are in that room the photos that are in that room are special to them the pictures in the room are special and they're wonderful prompts for, for us to use if yes. the person can't think of anything to say. We include photographs we can we photograph anything they would like. So we photographed photographs or the mm-hmm. the beautiful quilt somebody's made them that they'd like to put in the book. But one of the most important things is that this is the resident's story. This is they're in charge. Because mm-hmm. when people go into residential care they lose a lot of choices and mm-hmm. control. We want them to control this. No, I don't want you to put that in. Yes, mm-hmm. I want you to put that in. Yeah. Now we never question what they say. If they're confabulating or making up some lovely stories they're in the book
0: so okay so we get then what happens to the book so <clears> that it's edited to a degree and then it's, how does it become the book
5: well it's put into order and then then it's then it's edited by carol who i work with carol mm-hmm. edit, edits it and that's really to make sure that it, it's readable okay but it's absolutely readable, and that the What's really important is for the resident's voice to come through. Mm-hmm. So if they use colloquial language, that goes in the book yes. too. We get the beauty, yeah. um, and then it's it's printed mm-hmm. and in hard copy and bound has a, a cover. It has a title, and the resident gets one hard copy. They also get it on a CD in both word and in PFD format. Oh, fantastic! So, if the family or they want more copies they take it along somewhere and get it printed Fantastic.
1: off and they can um, they can um, get a copy Does, is the voice recording on there as well
5: no it's not
1: oh that's a shame be that would, no, have... it
5: would be it would be nice but Part of our... We're very, very conscious of confidentiality and yeah. privacy issues, mm. and we want the resident to be in charge of that book at all times. So we present the book to them. We make a bit of a do-out of presenting it in the morning do. or mm. afternoon. See? And if they want to put it in the bottom drawer for somebody to find when they die and the room's being cleaned out, they will do that. And a few have. Mm. Most want to share it, but not all. We don't retain any copies either electronically or printed copies, um, we, we sign a document to say that we've destroyed all those. Wow. And that, that point of privacy, and this is yours to do with as you wish, is a really key thing in, in engaging with those people. Yes,
0: yeah, so I could imagine that there'd be people who have stories that they don't want the family to know until they've passed on.
5: Exactly, Mm. because they don't want to ask questions, don't want to answer questions. We had a very elderly lady, late 90s, who had been um, born in in Austria and actually was um, forced to work for Hitler at 15 as a nurse of aid. Goodness. She was then captured by the Russians, she escaped, she had the most amazing life. She had never gone into detail, she came out to Australia eventually married and had a family but she'd never given them the detail of what happened in those horrific years but she so didn't want them to die with her
0: yes it, well that would be really precious really it precious. absolutely
5: to have. made and when after she'd kept a lot of notes and a lot of memorabilia and she destroyed all those when she finished the book but she wasn't going to let the family see the book till after she died she said i don't want to answer questions Yes. I don't want to have to explain yes. why I did what I did. It mm. is explained in the book. Ex- oh. Very emotional. That well, would have been, That's yes.
1: terrific. Very
5: cathartic. 90s. Yes.
0: Well, thank you, Wendy, for joining us today. And we'd love to have another chat again at some time uh, because That's it's a fascinating subject. So thank you pleasure. for joining
5: Can us. Can I just say, if there's anybody who's interested in becoming a volunteer biographer, we're calling for applications now. And if they just go onto our website. And what's there? your website, Wendy? The website is just well if I go into the yeah website
1: that's this beyondwords.org okay. beyondwords.org that's, that's lovely. It.
5: All right thanks that's Wendy. Simple. Thanks Thank Birdie, thanks Paula. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye. Wow, what a great story that was. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so you I can reckon. imagine
0: some of the things that they hear.
1: Now don't forget uh, this week we've uh, in on the what, what day was 17th it 17th of March, March.
0: St Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's
1: mm. uh, it's the the big moment. Yes. Thank you for all your work today. It's been great. And uh, we look forward to catching up again yes.
0: this time next week. Next week, and we'll do it all again. You Thanks, look Take Bye. care. Bye.